0: Hello, welcome back to another edition of the I Am Always Right Sports Podcast. I am your host, as always, the mouth of Michigan, Rob Medeiger. With me, as always, my co-host, the Merckstone, Mike Merkel. I'm here. Missing in action, the Whale Man. He's still in his Michigan sorrow cave at the moment, so mm-hmm. it's fine. We're not even going to talk that today, but we are going to be talking about your Detroit Lions. They had a big game last week that they have absolutely got obliterated in in all three phases, so we're going to talk about that a little bit. We're going to be talking about this COVID-19 crisis and how it's really starting to affect the NFL and college football. Um, Mike's favorite player of all time is out right now due to this COVID crisis, so we're going to hit on that just a little bit and the effect that it's causing across both the NFL and NCAA landscapes. Um, In part two of this show, we are going to review AEW's full gear pay-per-view that happened on Saturday night. It was a pretty great show. And we're also going to be talking some Pistons slash NBA talk. We know the new NBA season is right around the corner, December 22nd. We've also got an NBA draft to talk about, and we're going to be talking about what you want our Pistons to be doing. So lots of stuff to talk about. Today on the on episode 102 of the I'm Always Right Sports Podcast, um, Mike, let's just jump right in here. Let's talk Lions a little bit. Uh, I, I promised it last week. It was either going to be one or two conversations. It was mm-hmm. either going to be, okay, they're, they're potentially going to make a run, or, all right, we're an average NFL team, right? And I think we saw last week that they are no better than a, a mediocre NFL football team at the moment, Right. <laughs> You know, all three phases at at points were awful, right? You Mm -hmm. you look at it and you go, okay, offense couldn't do anything for the entire first half, Mm -hmm. right? Completely abandoned the run. You kind of make it a game. You have a couple turnovers. Stafford with an abysmal interception where you just go, what the hell was that? And then the defense couldn't stop a crossing route, save their lives, couldn't generate pressure when needed. And then special teams, you got Prater still missing field goals. You know, you're not playing well, Mm -hmm. necessarily great on that aspect either. Um against an above average Colts team, you know, I think the Colts will probably finish in that eight and eight, nine and seven. You know, their defense is playing really well <laughs> right now. Um in a division that's kind of weird too, mm-hmm. so that kind of helps. Um just talk to me about where, where you're at with this team, right? Because obviously yeah, they're not playoff contenders, right? We can no. say that pretty much for sure. No matter what happens against Minnesota or Washington or anybody else. They have to go on such a run that's yeah. not gonna happen. But um, I mean, is it basically, are you just counting down the days for Patricia and Quinn to get fired? Are, are you looking forward to seeing what, what resolve they have? I mean, is there any real reason to even watch this team right now? Because I'm having difficult reasons. I'm trying to find reasons, but it's pretty difficult at the moment.
1: Yeah, no, this is pretty much a dud season for the Lions. Um, (laughs) And they're three and four. (laughs) And they're three and four. Um, You had potential to have meaningful games coming into mid-November because they had one meaningful game in early November. That was November 1st. And they lost that one by a lot. And so now it's kind of just like a dud season again, which was the last two years really where just you had a good start-ish And it just really fell down the works yep. very very quickly. So yeah. um, I I don't have much reason to watch, especially because there are other games on yeah. that I'm like I, that definitely entices me a little more than this game. Yeah. Even though they are the home team. Yeah. Um, I just don't see even if they beat Minnesota, even if they beat Houston, and they go after Thanksgiving they're five and five or something. I go cool. So you're five and five. Yeah. But then and then you're gonna play Tennessee, Tampa Bay, Chicago, and Green Bay, and probably yeah. go five and nine or something. Right, exactly. So yeah. what's, it's, what's the reason?
0: It's going to be, It's gonna. They, they really needed to win that Colts game, right? Because I feel like that would have set off a little bit of a momentum. Okay, you have three games in a row. You haven't done that since Patricia got here. The defense looked like it was improving, kind of. I guess you can't get better than, you can only go up when you're the worst, so... Um, and then you go from that to, okay, you've got Minnesota, you've got Washington, you've got, you know, Houston. You've got a couple, you've got several games in a row in November where you go, wow, you could really do some real good, get ahead of the game a little bit mm-hmm. going into December where you're going, okay, all right, we got to play Minnesota again. We got to play Chicago. We got to play Green Bay. We got to play Tampa and Tennessee. You go, all right, that's a rough stretch, but if we build up enough equity ahead of time where we're four or five games above 500. Maybe at the end we can squeak one of those games out. You maybe beat Minnesota. You I know you can beat Chicago. We saw it legitimately, right? So you can beat Chicago. All right. Maybe you can go two and three in those last five games and maybe squeak in, right? Mm -hmm. And and everybody saves their jobs. But I think at this point where you're at, you're three and four. You probably have to win. I mean, what? I mean, you got to go at least nine and seven to get or ten and six to get to that final spot. I don't see another six to seven wins on their schedule right now i don't see it you know what i mean so the way the schedule was set up the bat the, the teams that you're going to have to play in the playoffs are all the waiting for you in the back end and i don't see you beating tampa you're not beating green bay and you're not beating tennessee for sure mm-hmm. I, I mean those are three games that you can just go that's an l that's an l that for all different reasons by the way yeah. whether it's can't stop the run which i think Dalvin cook's gonna have a, a flipping field day today but i digress but I mean, looking to the future now, just a little bit here. You know, I mean, are are you surprised? I know. I guess they're three and four, so ownership doesn't necessarily have a reason to fire them, quote unquote, just yet. If they lose, if they lose to Minnesota, and you know you're three and five, even if you say you get to five hundred by after Thanksgiving, right? Mm-hmm. So they play, they play Washington, and then and then Houston is it Houston right after that? I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know for sure because I know it's Thanksgiving's in what two and a half weeks technically. So this week, so this week they play. Yeah, they would. I don't know. I think they may have a game in between that, between Washington and Houston. I guess we can find out. Like, just yeah. hold on. Just one second. One second. One second. But um, regardless... Um, oh, they play the Panthers in between that. Oh, great. Cool. With Christian McCaffrey. That ought to be fine. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, honestly, like, even if they're somehow 500 or a game above 500, if we're being overly optimistic, which I try to be, but it's hard sometimes, mm-hmm. um, going into that Houston game... You're you're not you're not winning out in December. It's mm-hmm. not happening. So I mean, are you surprised that you're that they're not looking? Well, maybe they are, but we haven't really heard anything after that Jacksonville game where that was kind of like, okay, if you don't beat Jacksonville, mm-hmm. you're gone. They go on a little bit of a win streak here. You know, you have potential to make up some games, but do you think ownerships just kind of twiddling the thumbs, be like, let's just see the collapse so mm-hmm. that we can just go, okay, you're gone, or are they kind of still like, well, if they if we somehow. Do something crazy like we did a few years ago and start one and seven and finish seven and nine, you're like, Wow, we won six out of the last, you know, nine games. I think
1: it's I think it's unfortunate to say that I don't think they will have an immediate collapse.
0: Yeah. I think they're gonna hang around, unfortunately. They're gonna tease you for a while.
1: I think you can if you don't beat Minnesota, you're three and five. But I think Wash, <laughs> I think Washington, Carolina, and Houston are all winnable. Yeah. So I think you probably, I think you can escape in a two and one through that stretch, which yeah. is why I think you're five hundred by Thanksgiving. Yeah. And so at that point, you're like, if you could beat
0: some of the good, too, like that's where you're gonna. Yeah. Be that, like, that, yeah. That's exactly where you're just like, but what if, right? It's yeah. always the what if. But maybe if yeah. we catch them on the right it day. It was like yeah. two years ago. We
1: were like four and seven, but yeah. the. For the sixth seed, they only had like five or six wins. It was like I, I, if we if we win out, but yeah. like this team loses a couple, I think we can squeak in. Yeah. Which I think if we would have beat Indianapolis, I think you can make the argument yes. that the NFC West is so strong. But yeah. I've been arguing that they'll all kill each other. Yeah. I think Seattle's the clear front runner in the division. Well,
0: the Niners don't have anybody. The Niners don't
1: have people anymore, right. really. And I think the Rams or Cardinals have to play each other at least one more time if yeah. not they have a played yet sure. so they play two more times For sure. so they're going to beat each other up and Seattle plays them all one more time yeah. so I think they're going to beat each other up so I only think one other person comes from there yeah. so I think that nine wins could get you in over one right. of the and West if, spots. And if
0: we're looking at the the playoff landscape as it is right now right you've got, you've got Seattle clearly as the front guard I think they are currently my favorite in the NFC right now I, I'm I'm w- very excited to see what Tampa looks like with Antonio Brown. If that, if they just go on like a five game streak where they're putting up 40 a night, mm. I'm gonna be like, I don't know if Seattle has the defense to, no, to stop that. Unfortunately, exactly, yeah. um, but I, I right now with the way Russ is playing and that way that offense is playing, you're getting Carlos Dunlap now as well, which we talked about last week. Seattle's probably my number one right now. Uh, I know they lost the Cardinals, but you know it is what it is. Um, you know, I think Tampa is my number two, Green Bay is my number three, and then Philly, I guess, is my four. Um, but the rest of those teams, I mean, you're going to have New Orleans is going to be there, right? Chicago is probably. probably going to be just because they started out as hot as they are. I'm interested to see the next couple of games for them if they start to fall apart or if they continue to go because their offense is not good. Mm-hmm. They're not They're not able to string together consecutive drives of any sort of relevance. Um and then you maybe have the Cardinals, right? I think it's Cardinals or yeah. Rams, but you're only getting one, Right, probably. exactly. So, like, and then after that, it's a crapshoot, you know, mm-hmm. for the rest of the NFC. So there's no reason, quote-unquote, why the Lions couldn't be in that. But, you know, if you're listening to this, you're obviously you already know the results of the Minnesota game. But if they don't beat Minnesota, or they didn't beat Minnesota, I'll talk in the present tense, if they didn't beat in Minnesota, there is no chance for that to happen. So, I mean... If they would have beaten Indy, I feel like this conversation would be a little bit more optimistic. Okay, hey, we beat a top five defense, right? We look good. Coming, you know, that team was coming off a bye. All right, now you're going to beat a banged up Minnesota team. You play Washington carolina bridgewater has been uneven to say the very least right you've seen good bridgewater and you've seen average and you've seen bad so you don't really know what you're going to get there you play a houston team that is in complete disarray Mm -hmm. you've got another game against minnesota you've got a game against chicago those are all winnable football games regardless of where you're at i think they can beat chicago i i I mean you're a you're a swift catch away from beating them so Mm -hmm. you you could definitely be in that conversation the problem is is that even if they make the playoffs, right? Which is, I guess, was my biggest complaint when Caldwell was here. Was I go, okay, great, we made the playoffs, but then we're just gonna get curb stomped by whoever we we get in there with, right? You're the seven, you're playing the two seed, so you're either gonna play um, Seattle or Tampa, yeah. maybe Green Bay, and Green Bay is your best case scenario is to play is to play Green Bay. That is a awful time for mm-hmm. anybody gonna happen right there right if you're playing the number two seed so you're not beating seattle you, i don't you're gonna play tampa later this year and i think tampa puts up 50 and in green bay already put up 42 on your ass earlier in the year so even if they somehow make the playoffs i i, I don't it's what is it gonna do mm-hmm. <laughs> i guess I is the question um all right do you want to see changes now do you want to see quinn and patricia just gone or are you kind of like i'm of the opinion like. I don't really think it matters because yeah. you can't hire. It's not like you can hire Eric Bieniemy or n- name a Robert Soleil from from yeah. San Francisco right now. Anyway, yeah, I, I don't think it matters because I think whether you have him or
1: say you fire them and you, you have Bevel, Bevel running, the, running team? the team, okay, we've seen ne- that ne- Neither way. You're gonna be making a run for it. It's yeah. not like okay, you're four and three, but you played really bad against Indy. So each. All right, let's get these people out. Maybe yeah. Bevel can be a better head coach. And or get or if team. your offense
0: was top ten like it should be, yeah, something like that.
1: <laughs> so either way, if it was like one of those situations where it's like you're four and three, five and two, it's like okay, but you could see that cu- or Patricia's yeah. not going well. It's like yeah. all right, we'll take you out, and yeah. maybe Bevel can like keep yeah. you on path right. because it's Patricia's fault that you're you right. lost two games or something. Like if it was a different outcome. Yeah. But where it sits right now, you're three and four are probably not going to make the playoffs. So at this point, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So I might as well just keep them in. Might as well
0: see it. Because if, if if they do make a drastic turnaround and you go, okay, maybe maybe yeah. finally it's clicked. If yeah. they don't and you go, all right, we're going to fire you anyway. So yeah. it doesn't it Yeah, doesn't they're really at a matter.
1: zero right now. So the they can only do better. They can't get any worse. Right, exactly. Because right? right. there's no
0: faith anyway. And with the injuries now to Trey Flowers, um, you're missing uh, Kenny Galladay. I mean, those are two of your biggest pieces that you can possibly lose. And they're both out for an extended period of time. So it's going to be tough. You know, it's not, it's not looking great. However, if you are a fan of getting rid of these guys, which I think most of us are kind of like already accepting that if, even if you are a fan, it's kind of like, okay, you know what I mean? Just hope to God they can make a hire. That's worth a damn, but Mm -hmm. you know, nonetheless, um, let's shift focus here just a little bit here. I do want to talk about speaking of the lions, you know, Matt Stafford was, came in contact with, with COVID speaking of a guy that if you didn't have, you were definitely not winning any of these games. Um, you know, he's going to probably play – he's going to play against Minnesota. I know, once again, it comes out on Monday. But he's going to play. I think he's okay. His family's fine. Um, we're But we're seeing more and more cases. The Lions themselves have had at least three or four now um, in just the last week and a half. You know, Jerry Davis, uh, their safety more, I think, has it as well. Um A staffer for the Lions. You're seeing it now bleed into the NCAA. Trevor Lawrence obviously being the biggest name and they just lost to to Notre Dame in double overtime, right? So yeah. So it is what it is there. But um, you know, we're starting to see that. We haven't seen it hit um, I want to say, like, the top Top echelon yet, at least in the NFL. I mean, you're not getting any bigger than Trevor Lawrence from a from a college football standpoint, but from a from an NFL standpoint, you haven't seen an Aaron Rodgers go down yet. I mean, even Stafford, who came in contact, I mean, he's he's gonna play, right? So he's not missing time. You haven't seen anybody yet of a of a massive distinction, but you are seeing guys like the half the Raiders offensive line was gone at one point, right? Baker Mayfield just got diagnosed and he's gonna be in quarantine now. So luckily they're on a bye, but who knows what's gonna happen there. Are you concerned at all that this could be, that this is going to become a more growing concern as we get further into the season? The weather's changing, right? It's not the summer anymore, and we're going to maybe see more of these cases, which could, in some respects, really drastically change outcomes of games, depending mm-hmm. on who gets infected. I mean, I mean, yes and no. I generally
1: think that this COVID situation is kind of like injuries, Where an injury can just happen, like you don't think Dak Prescott's gonna break his leg, and all of a sudden he breaks his leg, and now he's out for the season. Now, now you're screwed, kind of thing. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like we say, like we mentioned it off air. You were like, well, Russell, like Seattle's number one seed. Russell Wilson gets, he's out for two weeks. I'm like, yeah, Russell Wilson can also break his leg next week, and then their season's done. You know what I mean? So I think, I think it's it can happen at any point. So honestly, for me, I'd rather someone get. It's almost, it almost sounds awful. Sad. I'd rather someone get COVID right. and be out for only a week or two, right. other than okay now or be he, exposed to it. yeah or get whatever. exposed yeah. to it, than rather than all right now he broke his arm now he's out for the season yeah you know what I mean so right. it's almost I I'm a, I'm I think it's going to infect people obviously right but I don't think it's as bad as a lot of people are putting it out to yeah me that's right you
0: now. know that, that's a great comparison It's one I maybe didn't really like, think of from an injury perspective right is. You know, because they're health because they're I mean they're healthy, right? That yeah. like they're physically able to play. They yeah. just you know they're they don't want getting, to affect oh, other people, exactly. so they have to sit out for. A you game. know what I mean? I, I mean, do you think that in any way this season could wind up being tainted? Like if we see like go back to a few years ago, I think what we saw was Ryan Lindley in, in the playoff game for Arizona against who was the other quarterback? I think it may have been like The Carolina dude. Yeah, is that the one you're talking about where they had two backup yeah, quarterbacks playing? Yeah, two backup playing. quarterbacks yeah. playing. Where you're like, this is the worst playoff game ever. Mm-hmm. And I
1: think it was Derek Anderson. Was that Derek that?
0: Anderson? That I'm okay, sure. maybe. So, but my 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 point is, is that okay? Imagine that kind of scenario where, like, okay, we're gonna see Green Bay versus, um, you know, Seattle. Sure, you know, but Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson are both out. Yeah, you know what I mean, playing for a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Are you just like? For, for a fan perspective, are you like, wow, this is gonna be a absolute shit show. Well, here, here's here's what I would say to that though is, I think, month time, I think there's a reason why
1: they have the hotels. They have the hotels in yeah. Tampa for a, an extra month. Yeah. I think if you did get to a point where you're in the playoffs, I think you need I to get think, out of the regular season. I think yeah, once fans. you're out of the regular season, yeah, say in the wild card round, two quarterbacks like Russell Wilson and Aaron Rodgers both get it, so they can't play. Yeah. I think they go, okay, we'll move your game next week yeah. or we'll move your game yeah, down more, a couple yeah, of days so you guys can out. play a little yeah. bit or space out during the week or something i think there's room to maneuver once you hit the play especially the championship games you go okay we'll just give you an extra week to prep for it yeah and, and then you don't
0: have you don't have two weeks for the super Bowl, and now. then you'll have the right. two weeks
1: or you have two right. weeks and you just move the super bowl down an extra week or whatever right. it is yeah um i think there's room to maneuver once the playoffs hit so i'm not worried about the playoffs i am worried. About the regular season mm-hmm. still yeah. but i think at that point though you can add extra weeks yeah. to the regular season you have four or five weeks extra room mm-hmm. to play with yeah. so i'm not super concerned yeah. about that issue that gonna... would be very interesting to be like oh jordan love versus Geno smith what yeah. are you gonna get
0: and you go wow this is a rough go yeah rough but i don't game.
1: think it would ever come to that because i think they just push it down a week so they can both play yeah
0: uh, and from a ratings perspective right if you're the nfl that's like worst case scenario ever yeah. is like the quarterback of the oh yeah you goes you, out, you right? have like, like you have like geez. the super bowl it's like Patrick Mahomes is Brady, but they both get COVID yeah. or something. So it's like, oh my all right, gosh. Jordan Ta'amu right. and yeah, exactly. and Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. <laughs> that would Super be such a ridiculous joke. Or, or it would be uh, New Orleans and Tampa, and it's like, oh, Drew Brees has got it. So Jameis versus yeah. <laughs> right? making the start against his old team. Like, maybe they'd actually prefer that. I don't know. Yeah, like, that would be a good rating. Brees right? is playing right now, yeah. throwing three-yard passes. Um, but nonetheless, right, it's just something to think about, something to keep in mind, especially with the way – the playoffs are formatted now with only the ones who gets the buy. I think the regular season has even more importance for the teams that are in contention for that. Right, mm. really, I'm saying three teams right now from the NFC for, perspective. Yeah. Right from the AFC, it's two teams. I mean, yeah, right. It's it's pretty much it's Pittsburgh and it's it's Kansas City right now. I we I'm gonna hold off on the Baltimore talk when I was really high on them, but after watching that Pittsburgh game. I'm not necessarily thinking that they may not be there and I'm not gonna say why, but I think we all know why, but we're not gonna say it right now because I don't wanna get accused of being overreactionary to a guy okay. who can't who's lost to every team that has a winning record, but it's fine. Um and he can't really come back on fourth quarters, But we're just saying anyway, it's fine, whatever. Um but yeah, no, so it's it's one of those things where, you know, it's something to monitor for sure. You know, win those tight races like that because I know a lot of teams weren't really thrilled with the fact that now the two seed has to play the week one, the first week of the playoffs again. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is, kind of thing. It gets it's good for us; because we got more games to talk about. But mm-hmm. something to keep a look out for sure. You know, you know, you're seeing it now in the in in college where Clemson drops a game, but they're only dropping to four because I mean they lose to Notre Dame, who's a top five team anyway. You know, but you, you, you always wonder, man, I haven't lost a game in three years in the regular season. And they only lost by seven. In double overtime. And, and you have a quarterback who's played 110 snaps in his career in college. And Trevor Lawrence is sitting on the sideline. And you're like, man, sure do wish that he could have played. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just one of those teams. It's just one of those things. So, mm-hmm. All right, that's going to be it for part one of this show. Part two, like I said, we're going to do AEW's full gear real quick. Just going to give a quick review on that, some of our highlights for that show. Uh, highly recommend it. And then also we are going to be talking some NBA drafts, some Pistons talk, NBA talk as a whole. Lots of good stuff coming your way. After the break, stick around. Hey, guys, I'm out the Michigan. Robin Mendeike here. Just want to say thank you once again for all the support on Episode 100. We genuinely do appreciate it. The best way to support the show, if you want to continue to support the show, and we hope you do, is to share the content, share our uh, our links to all the shows, whether that's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Amazon, wherever you can find us, and you can find us in all those places. Be sure to share the link with all your friends. Also go to below the forward slash I'm always right PC to buy the official I'm always right sports podcast t-shirt. We really appreciate all the support once again. Now here's part two of episode 102. And welcome back. Part two of episode 102 of the I'm always right sports podcast. Mike, let's just jump right in here. Um AEW's full gear, Saturday night. Uh I would say it's probably their best pay per view since Revolution of last year. Of last year was it last year or was it this year? It this year it was this year. Yeah, it's been too long. Um, I would say this was probably this is what I feel like All Out should have been. Yeah. In my opinion, if we're assuming All Out is their big show like mm-hmm. WrestleMania, um, this I think this show really delivered in all facets. Quite mm-hmm. frankly, I, I I think that everything they did, to, even yeah. the matches that maybe I went in thinking I didn't really care about, like even Orange Cassidy and John Silver. I mean, I couldn't care less about it, but I thought it was a really good match, right? Which, which told a nice little story. They weren't there too long. Um, we saw things progress, which is always I'm always a big fan of when it comes to these big shows. Uh, give me a grade for you uh, on this show. Uh, I'd probably give it up. B plus. B plus. Yeah. A plus, man. No, a, see, no one gets an A from you, do they? No, no, no. <laughs> actually, no. Revolution got
1: an A minus. That's true. That was a great show, though. That but see, show. here's the thing: is see, this it's really hard now to grade because yeah. it's graded on a curve yeah. because there's no fans. That's true. Because I think if this show was like a sold out venue, yeah. I think this would easily be better than Revolution. I agree. But because you don't have the fans right. the electric- aspect, I the think it also I think we're also a little
0: biased because we were there. I think yeah, it, I think too. it does help a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like all of that helps.
1: Yeah. So for a show that I sat at home with like right. only what, a thousand people sitting there, right. giving it a, a B plus, and I, I honestly think this show is probably better than Revolution. I think the card if you was were, for if sure. really look if we look at match, match for match, match. Yeah. and like everything compared to it, it's probably I would, better. I would agree with that. But, but with the without the crowd and all of that stuff, so, yeah. and like being probably at home other than being there, I'd give it just a little bit less than a Revolution. Yeah, and plus. I think
0: it's I think it's hurting the product as a whole, whether it's yeah. WWE, New Japan, wherever it is. Like you're just not. It's just not. It's just hard to get. I think like super excited by yeah. some of this stuff just because you're like I don't feel the same energy. They're yeah. trying, and that, I think it was a really great show. I'd probably agree with you. I'd probably give it an A minus, quite frankly. And I was going in. I uh, probably is one of their harshest critics because I'm like I need to see something here because mm-hmm. the last couple shows they've had have been dog do in my opinion. So like I was really needing this show to come out here and knock my socks off and and kill it and I think they really did that basically mm-hmm. from start to finish. Um uh do we want to I think we should go through spoilers at this point right? They'll have you know 48 hours to Just say so we'll just go wait, I'll bang my cup here. I'll go get-
1: <laughs> Spoiler alert. Okay, yeah, that's it. Okay. Yeah, we'll go through spoilers. Uh,
0: yeah, let's just go through every match here real quick. Here, you know, um, you know what we thought of each one. And right what's what's a match that they definitely need to see? All right. Like so we already know the answer to that question. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty simple if we get there. All right, so we'll go match by match here. Yeah.
1: All right, Kenny Omega open against a- and beat Adam Page. Uh, this match was great. Yeah. Um, all throughout. Was yeah. Kenny getting
0: the win. He's the new number one contender for the world title. You know, we te- we saw the tease at the end. Spoiler alert. John Moxley. Reading. Mm-hmm. um but you know i thought this was really well done you know it was a nice way to kind of get the crowd going you mm-hmm. know i think it could have been better in all honesty uh, i'm not going to say that like this was like vintage kenny at this point mm-hmm. i thought it was solid and i thought it was a good opener i thought it did its job of getting the opener and i'm really waiting to see i'm waiting for more not less from my kenny but from an adam page site for me to be like that's the moment i'm still waiting for that <laughs> from, from hangman mm-hmm. it's like that's where like oh light bulb just switched on for me and I'm good to go now. Yeah,
1: Dave Meltzer said that uh, he got reports that the crowd said that this was the best match. Yeah, like they felt the most from this match and very well. And, could it, have and, it. It, very and well I and I believe have. that because yeah. I think when we get down to the tag match, which I personally I guess yeah. spoiler alert I think yeah. was definitely the best match on the sure. show. Yes. But I think it's way better watching it with the commentary and everything. Yes. If you were live, yeah, maybe maybe it, not, it not so wasn't as good. Yeah. Yeah. for sure. Uh, but the next actually you had Orange Cassidy beating John Silver in nine minutes. Uh, this one, I can't tell you what I was doing during this match. You're but, accounting, Homer. That accounting, <laughs> Homer. But um, it was good for what it thought was. I thought it was solid,
0: right? John Silver looked great in this. I think that it's nice that they're trying to elevate guys. Still would have preferred to see Brody Lee in this match. But, you know, with Orange Cassidy obviously going to get the win, kind of felt like a match that could have been put on the pre-show. But mm-hmm. I understand why. This show is long, by the way. We went to midnight on this show. This is a four-hour pay-per-view. Yeah. so. I, I didn't necessarily see the need for it, but the fact that going in, not really having a lot behind it, I thought it was pretty well done. Yeah. Uh, Darby Allen wins
1: uh, the TNT title from Cody Rhodes in 16 minutes. Yeah. Um due to outsmarting him with the roll-ups. Yep. He kind of just, like, out-rolled up to yeah, him Yeah, they, they you to
0: sleep. Roll-up, miss. Roll-up, roll miss. miss. Roll-up, roll-up. And then all of a sudden, one, two, three, you're like, oh, he got him. Yep. Like, you know, really yeah, yeah and really it took well him done.
1: three times to do it, and yep. then he finally beat him on this fourth try. Yep. So now he's your new TNT champion. And I'm very excited. I think this show, what they did was... Really want you to tune into Wednesday yes. to kind of go. Okay, so where are they going to go with well, the Brian? Well, Cage? the
0: landscape has completely changed yeah, now a little for bit a right.
1: lot, for a lot of these divisions. Well, that's,
0: and that was my biggest complaint with All Out is I left All Out thinking nothing. What's happened? Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, I mean, FTR's tag champs. Okay, we could have predicted that a mile away. Outside of that, what what's different about AEW right now? And the answer was nothing. Right, you didn't even have a TNT title match on that show. Mm-hmm. I mean, I get it. You had the 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 Darkward, chain match, or whatever. So. so, but like. You know, I just felt like I was missing something for this show. It's like, okay, cool. When, we've got new tag champs. We've got a new TNT champion. We've got the Ts with the Brian Cage thing now and and Ricky Starks against Darby. Where does Cody go from now? You know what I mean? Because he can't challenge for the world title. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his last name back. So yippee dee You know, we've got a lot of things coming off of this show now that we did not have the last couple. That makes me very excited for Revolution in a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, Hikaru
1: Shida beat Nyla Rose. I think this was the lackluster match of the night. Oh. Only because I they didn't have any build going in. It no. was just kind of thrown together. We've seen it before all that mixed together and yeah
0: now really is still pretty green in my opinion you know I, she does hard for me because it's not so much that she's not a good worker or anything like that but it's hard with the language barrier and stuff like that you got to give her a little bit of like slack for that but i feel like the women's i i'm, I'm, I'm if i'm being honest with you, i'm just waiting for Britt baker to get the damn title mm-hmm. she she's the only one to me right now that is genuinely entertaining from the women's division not that they're not talented from the women's division in AEW, but like I think NXT does this. the If if you're looking for the one thing NXT head and shoulders does better than AEW, it's this. Mm-hmm. It's the women's division. Because NXT's women's division is stacked, mm-hmm. and they always make you feel like you want to care. The, I don't think AEW does a well enough job yet, because they don't have talent that's established, to make me really care about the women's title.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Young Bucks... Uh, beat FTR for the tag titles, and by far and away,
0: probably the best match on the yeah. on the card. Yeah, for sure. They, but you know what they did though, which I thought was really nice, was it? I I going in, you're like you had kind of an image or a vision of what this match could be. Mm-hmm. That was not this match. Mm-hmm. I felt like they they slowed it down. I obviously Matt being hurt probably is a factor mm-hmm. in that. They slowed down a little bit, but FTR is so good. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are freaking phenomenal. They really are. They are like the quintessential tag team yeah. of like 1985 mm-hmm. and it is so fun to watch in so many ways even when they lose when they win you hate them you like them at the same time but they just do such a nice job of like they're the team that you feel like oh they're somehow always gonna win but when they lose you're just like relieved mm-hmm. you know what i mean it was really great yeah i really actually
1: i was listening to um a wrestling podcast thing earlier yeah. today and i actually I, ne- I didn't notice the finish as well as i thought where mm-hmm. FTR is really just no high flying at all. Yeah. And they lose because, because he did it, a high exactly. flying maneuver. Right. And then it so a little like, subtlety. It, it didn't click yes. to me right away. And right. then once it did, I was like, oh wait, that, that
0: is really clever. Well, like I, I
1: didn't really read it. Yeah, because he got
0: part. cocky, he hits him with a super kick, right? Yeah. And then two, to tell the the story of like from a tag team perspective where you're like the, the little things like the Okay, they just hit their finish and then, you know, I think it was Dax runs across the ring and spears Nick Jackson, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So the other guy can get the pin. Like little things like that where I'm like, like that is so important to it to a the the foundation of a really great tag match where it's understanding. It's like, cause you how many times do you see they hit the finish, the one guy rolls out the ring, and then and then the other guy just comes mm-hmm. in and breaks up and you go, you could have just if you ran over there, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and got him, the referees count the three and you win the match. The little things like that, the fact that they had, I think I think they had me for sure. I feel like they had you too, where it's like, okay, the Unbox got to have it here. Oh, my gosh, they still don't. You're like, oh, man, this is really trending to an FTR win here. Mm-hmm. What the heck are they going to do? And then they and they bring you right back all the way around. I I mean, yeah. could not say enough. Great. If there's one match to watch on this show, it's this one. Yeah. And it's by far and away the best.
1: Yeah, but realistically, I would say... This whole show was great, yeah, quite frankly. Yeah, from... The opener from Kenny Omega in the Darby Allen match, like those yeah. three, the three pillars of this, mm-hmm. and even really the world title match, I thought was, was good well for done. what it was. Yeah, I was like, this has four big pillars that yes, most shows yeah. don't have. And,
0: and there was the four matches going in, thinking, okay, you're re- we're really putting a lot behind this, yeah. and you had a lot of TV time dedicated to it. And they delivered in their own individual, unique way, yeah. which was so important. And once again, they progressed the story. Yeah. Progressed the story. Uh,
1: so you had Matt Hardy beat Sammy Guevara in the Elite Deletion match which I thought was just so wild. I, I and, you it's know, so we, we
0: talked about this last week where I was not necessarily looking forward to this. Mm-hmm. I was thoroughly entertained. I thought it was hilarious, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought it was really well done. And I think this is the match that they wanted to have last show. Kind of, you know, but in the stadium. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was really, really well done, and yeah. you know, nice job to kind of finish it out. Yeah, MJF beat Chris Jericho, so now he's in the inner circle. Yeah, I, and uh, I, mean, I they was keep delivering ten, yeah, all day great. long. I mean, they just keep doing it. You know, this match, this match could easily be overshadowed by the fact that we're talking about. I mean, you know, Cody and Darby was really good. Kenny and Hangman, the tag match. You know, Even the world title from the violence perspective, this match, I think, is going to be overlooked when you look back on it. But if this match was on any other card, you'd be talking about, wow, it was probably the top two match of the yeah. show. Not necessarily in ring work-wise, but from a psychology and the, the finish was so creative where it keeps Jericho strong. Yeah. And I still feel like Jericho's turning face pretty soon. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? With the song and the entrance, it just it's just harder and harder for people to boo him and they're not booing him anymore. And MJF is the, the mega heel. It almost feels like... You're gonna see a transition. This
1: match point. reminded me at Revolution of the Orange Cassidy Pac match. Yes. where you went, This is not gonna be like anything good. Yeah and it turns out to be a really fun and interesting right. match. Right. Like this one, I was like, it's gonna be like a slow, like burning match. Yeah. And it turned out to be really, really good. Yeah, and I was like, And really, how, how
0: long did it go? Sixteen minutes. See, that's a perfect amount of time. I felt like this match had a potential to go too long and mm-hmm. really drag and drag and drag, but it didn't. It told a great story just enough. Jericho doesn't use the Judas effect, it gets it. Caught so you, you still keep the you preserve that move right and MJF doesn't like straight up beat Jericho if that makes any sense he outsmarted him which is what Jericho which is what Jericho is known for it gives MJF just a little bit of credence and now you've got him in there and they're all happy hunky dory you're just waiting for what's next and that's so important and then Moxley beat Eddie Kingston for the world title in they I match. Yeah, I thought this was really well done. Quite frankly, I think they I think it lended Eddie Kingston to be a legitimate guy in this mm-hmm. match, right? I don't think anybody's necessarily thought that Eddie Kingston was gonna win this match, but it had me just enough of a belief to go, "What if?" Mm-hmm. Right? Like, "What if this happened?" Right? Which I thought was good. They they really took. I think they took a little bit of that CZW style in this went, You know what? Let's 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 put that into this match and really give them something that's maybe you haven't seen before. I mean, those barbed wire shots—they were like. Mm-hmm. not like the WWE ones where, like, they just kind of... Mm-hmm. But, like, this is a full... I'm, like, I'm just going to smack you in the chest with this thing. I'm like, ow. Like, mm-hmm. you, you felt it. Um, You know, my biggest complaint with Moxley usually is that his matches feel like they're very slow and plotty and, like, meh. Still had some of that a little bit. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing him and Kenny go at it for the title because I feel like that'll bring the best out in him from a, a wrestling perspective. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm still waiting for, for that from Moxley. I haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, this is a great show overall. Yeah. I really can't recommend it enough. This is, this once again, leaving the show, I was like, damn, that mm-hmm. was really nice. That was yeah. really, really good. I really enjoyed it from, really from top to bottom. Um, there's not really a match that you can say you really don't need to watch it. It was all pretty solid mm-hmm. I agree. all the way throughout. So definitely take a look at that Survivor Series in a couple weeks. It's got a lot to live up to. I don't really think they're going to be able to, but I don't know. Roman versus Orton's got me very excited. You know what I mean? You never know, right? You never know. Taker's going to be there. It's going to be a good time. So we'll probably be talking about that in a couple weeks here as we get closer to Survivor Series. All right. Let's shift focus now from the squared circle. Let's go to the hardwood. Let's talk some NBA here. Uh, Mike, we haven't talked about this yet on air, but I wanted to ask you, before we get to some Pistons and draft talk, I wanted to ask you, what are your thoughts about the NBA kind of starting? You know, you're have a little shortened season, right? Just by like ten games or so mm-hmm. in the regular season, starting literally right around Christmas. And throwing our whole plans all over the place. Because usually last couple of years we've talked about, you know, the NBA at Christmas time. What is a team made of? Because by Christmas you kind of know. Now we're not gonna have any type of clue until February. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean I like
1: it and don't like it for multiple reasons. There's a lot to get done in, like, a month. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot to do in a month. Free for agency. Free agency, draft, draft and yeah. all that stuff. Um, I I like it in the aspect of they're trying to get back on schedule with their normal time slot. Yeah. So the Olympics are this upcoming summer, mm-hmm. and they start in July. So they're trying to finish the finals in mid to late June so they can kind of get back on track mm-hmm. and have people able to play in the, the Olympics. in the Olympics. Right um what i don't like about it is i don't like the quick turnaround from like the final four teams and right. from the playoffs having only i think it was marked at 71 days yeah that they have off until the next season which really means there's no time off right? which is basically no time off because you're going to start training games in early december anyway right so it's basically what's 40 days off almost so i don't yeah you basically have a month yeah. so that's the part i don't like about it is yeah. i think it's It's weird because it's it's too soon, but it's, like, the perfect timing if you want to try to get it all done by June. Right. you can fit your whole schedule in, really, and everything I think it's hard, right? I
0: I honestly think they could have pushed it back a little bit longer and shortened the regular season again. Like, if we're being honest with ourselves here. I think you could have went to, like, 65
1: games and started in early January. Now, now here's the cool thing, though, is they're going to do the schedule like baseball does. Mm -hmm. So they're going to have series... Of games. Oh really? Yeah. So say like the Pistons are gonna go to LA and play both their games like back to back days oh, in LA, go home. and then oh, they're gonna okay. go home and then play like Chicago three straight days, and then oh. they're gonna go to Boston oh. and play two games in a row. That's gonna be weird. Like, are they
0: playing Chicago
1: again? Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're playing like back to back like baseball. does. like they're gonna huh. do their mini series.
0: Limit travel, right? You're all exposed yeah. to the same people. because yeah, you you're, you're not gonna do the bubble anymore, mm-hmm. so it's it's hard to do that. So I think it's it's gonna be an interesting concept for sure. I still think they could have cut it. Like to a like to a, like a hard fifty and just you know what I mean like I, I understand you know you got to get games in and whatever and you got to be able to sort out the best from the best but at the same time I just go I'm like Man, fifty games is enough games to figure to get your best eight in mm-hmm. each in each thing here um and to give some of these guys a little bit of a rest I mean if you're the Lakers or the Heat you're like all right well I'm gonna go on vacation I guess and I'll see you guys in two weeks yeah basically you know what I mean um it's gonna be interesting for if you're a Pistons fan though or if you're a Detroit Piston you're thrilled because you just been chomping out the bit. You didn't even play in the bubble. So mm-hmm. you're just kind of like, all right, yeah, we've been ready for six weeks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you can see maybe a Pistons team come out a little bit faster than maybe you had before just based on the fact that these other teams that are been playing all year are like, we're exhausted, mm-hmm. you know? So definitely something to look at that for sure. Um, speaking of the NBA draft, though, just a little bit here, um, and we'll, we'll hit free agency a little bit too. Uh, Pistons are obviously picking seventh, right? There's a lot of news. It's hard, you know, and – some people have asked us, you know, why don't you cover the NBA draft or the MLB draft or the NHL draft the same way, with the same vigor that you, try, that you uh, cover the NFL draft. And I think that there's a couple reasons. Number one, if we're being honest with ourselves, and it, the general populace, unless you are a diehard NCAA fan or a diehard NBA guy, you don't really know any of these people coming out in this draft after the first couple, right? Like Everybody knows Zion and the R.J. Barrett and the Job Rams. After that, though, do you really have any clue? Mm-hmm. The answer is no. And I don't want to insult you, but it's true. Same With the NFL draft, I mean, you can talk to people. I mean, we've talked about it here on the air before. We're like, you know the first 15, 20, 30 picks. Of guys, like, these are 30 guys. Where they're going, I don't really know. But you know they're going mm-hmm. in the first round. You know what I mean? So, And with the NFL, I feel like you get, the, you get almost an immediate return a lot of times the NBA, especially this year in particular, you're not going to see that, I don't think, from a, from a team. Uh, so, you know, the Anthony Edwards, the LaMelo Balls, the whoever, I mean, yeah, they're the names to watch, but they're not game-changing talents like the Zions are of last year, or an Anthony Davis, or uh, name a name-a-guy, you know, it's just not. it's just not the same, right? So I think that people got to kind of consider that as well when we're talking about this draft. Pistons are 7th um there's been a couple names co- you know going out there uh i mean talk to me mike about where maybe not necessarily players but what do you want to see here do you want to see a trade down do you want to see a trade up do you want to see them is there a position of need that you're looking at this roster right now and thinking okay maybe let's address that in the draft rather than going sign friend bed fleet for way too much money <laughs> um yeah, you're in a
1: sticky spot here because yeah. you you have one pick trying to fill multiple needs. Absolutely. So um, absolutely, I would I would say probably trade down and try to get two picks, mm-hmm. knowing that you're not going to probably be able to use mm-hmm. your seven pick more than likely anyway. Right. If you trade down, get two a, a late first and a and middle second, second or yep. something, you can maybe get two pieces and right. try to get more shots at the dartboard and all that stuff. Right. But. Um, I think you also have to look at how the draft's going because if you're looking at seven, someone like uh, LaMelo Ball for some reason is just Mm -hmm. dropping or someone that you were looking at Mm -hmm. is dropping and you're sitting right there at seven and you're like, that's our guy. Like, we wanted that guy on our board. He was number one on our board. Then I think you have to take him. So I, I would say expect if you're gonna get a trade, I would mm-hmm. expect it more on the day of the draft, like
0: yes. early
1: draft. Like yeah. if the first three picks are kind of the people that you wanted, you go, mm-hmm. okay, let's try a trade
0: down. Right. But if
1: not, I think you, you go straight for it. Right.
0: Just looking at a couple different mock drafts here, right? Like you some people have Lamel ball going as high as number one. We've seen ones that need to go into Chicago at four um, you know, in this particular draft here, I'm looking at Bleacher Report. They've got Patrick Williams, a strong for small forward slash power forward from Florida State coming here. Yeah. Um, I think that Tyrese Halliburton from Ohio or from Iowa State is another guy that's kind of been linked to them. Mm-hmm. You know, he's the he's the point guard, shooting guard, right? So. For me, it's tough because when I'm looking at the board, I don't I don't I'm not gonna talk to you and be like, Oh yeah, Tyrese Halliburton is the guy, right? I'm not I'm not that knowledgeable about what this kid can do. But what I am saying is that I would like to see them try and trade down because if you are not picking in the top three, the odds of you nailing that that pick and getting the next Carmelo Anthony ain't happening, right? Mm-hmm. So if you can trade down where maybe you can still pick up one of these guys, maybe in the late teens, and you pick up a second. Maybe you can address two positions of need, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe Cassius Winston, who's staring you in the face in early second, maybe that's worth the risk, mm-hmm. you know? Getting a guy who did nothing but win in the college level and was was a very impactful player for Michigan State, a guy that's right in your backyard, who is a literal traditional point guard to every sense of the word, right? Um, but the risk being, obviously, if if you are in love with Lamella Ball, which I'm not getting any indication that the Pistons are in on him at all, but at the same time, if he falls to seven and you're like, man, talk about the upside, mm-hmm. right? Like, if if we're looking at one guy in this draft that it, I think is the, not only maybe the biggest question mark, but maybe has the biggest upside, I'm guessing it's him. From a name value perspective, from a, from a play style where you're just like, okay, he's playing overseas, mm-hmm. he didn't do the college thing, it's it's hard to project what he's going to do, Um it's a very like we're gonna swing for the moon yeah. and hope to God that. Well, we I think
1: it. I think it's him and Wiseman. Yeah. Weisman, oh yeah, Wiseman. Right Wiseman didn't the play. In college. He played like three games at Memphis. Yeah. And now he hasn't played a game because he didn't go overseas or anything. He hasn't mm-hmm. played a game in over like what a year now. Right. So you don't really know what he is, mm-hmm. but he is a seven-one beast Monster. of a specimen. So right. that plays center. Right. So. You, you, I think those are the two big questions. Well, and
0: you've and you've even heard things, right? Like in this draft here, he's going number two to Golden State, yeah. right? Which I think would be in a very a very good pick for them, right? No, As a big a big dude to go out there and guard the paint. Um, we've we've heard news that he could potentially be the number one pick, right? Mm-hmm. If 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 they feel so inclined, Minnesota does. So there's a lot of there's a lot of movement there. I think I would prefer if they don't trade down. I think you need a point guard. More Mm -hmm. than anything, I think Christian Wood will obviously be the number one priority in free agency, right? And I think that should be their only priority in free agency is re signing Christian Wood. I don't anticipate them to be buyers and anybody else. I don't want them to make trades. I don't want, I need them to stay the course with this team, let some of these young guys play and. Continue to have cap space because right now you have a lot of cap The only thing I want them to do is if they're going to take on a contract, take on a bad contract, and get a pick Mm -hmm. along with it. You don't have a second-round pick for 2024. You have a lot of needs on this basketball team, and your window is not now. So because your window is not now, you have a lot of flexibility to be able to take on these contracts and go, man, I don't really want this dude, but... I'm also getting a first round pick from a team who thinks that they're going to mm-hmm. make they want we want the Pistons to be the third team in a three-team trade, right? To make the Anthony Davis to Lakers thing happen, the Pistons need to be involved and take on money so that mm-hmm. the money works all the way around. Yeah. That's where we want the Pistons to be right now. Take on the money, take on bad deals, get the picks, and start building through the draft. The only way you're gonna get better long term, you're not getting a big name free agent guy coming to Detroit. It's just mm-hmm. not it's just not happening, right? But if you have the money to be able to throw at said guy, at least you can be in the conversation so your fan base doesn't look at you and go, why didn't they do X? Well, they chose otherwise. And, and with the NBA, it's a little easier, I think, to forgive a franchise for not landing a, a Giannis or somebody because you can only offer so much money. Like, yeah. it's, it's like it's capped out at a number. Mm-hmm. So we offered as much as we could, and the other team did the same thing. He just wanted to play there instead. Yeah, it's, it's that simple, yeah. you know, so – it's going to be interesting for sure. This team is definitely in a rebuilding mode. But because you have so many of these teams that are kind of reaching their peak right now, the Pistons can do a lot of dirty work, in, you know, in the meantime, in the next two, three years, where then your window opens and you've got a solid core worth of guys that you're you're ready to go and roll with. So I like the coaching staff. I like the front office that they have right now. Troy Weaver's first pick as an actual GM, it's going to be, you know, I don't necessarily. So it's going to be monumental by any means, but I do think that with one way OKC has drafted in the past, you tend to be like, okay, he can find some people maybe not necessarily picking at the top of the draft. Yeah. So it's going to be super-duper important for sure. Um, that's going to be it for this week's show, guys. Next week... Man, I don't even know what we're going to talk about. We could be talking about a lot of different things, depending. It's just from week to week. But as always, we will have some great content for you. Our two-year anniversary, Mike, is two weeks away, just so you know. So Mm -hmm. I better get a present or something that day. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I'll um, gift you this helmet. There you go. Right, yeah. That I have already. That you have already. Yes. (laughs) For sure. But the two-year anniversary coming right around the corner for you guys as well. Lots of great stuff coming your way, as always, from us. But that's going to be it for this week's show. On behalf of the Missing Man. Here's the Merc Zone on the Mouth of Michigan, and we will see you guys, as always, next time.